Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Welcome everyone. I'm Vicki Vasiliga, Director of the Section of Clinical Specialists and Scientists here at ASHP. And thanks for tuning in for this episode on COVID-19. COVID-19 has presented many clinical, operational, and educational challenges over the past years. With that in mind, ASHP is sharing insights and lessons learned presented by your peers from the 2021 Mid-Year Clinical Meeting so that you can incorporate these lessons learned into your practice as we all do our part in caring for our patients. Hello, my name is Carly Wilkie and I'm a PGY2 Health System Pharmacy Administration and Leadership Resident at University of Utah Health. Today, I'm going to be presenting a management case study on the implementation of a central pharmacist hybrid remote staffing model at an academic medical center during COVID-19. The change in our central operations staffing model primarily impacted three hospitals within our system. University Hospital, which is our flagship hospital located at the top of the screen, Huntsman Cancer Hospital, which is our 100-bed cancer institute located in the middle, and then our 50-bed hospital, Nielsen Rehab Hospital, located on the bottom. University of Utah Health has more than 50 pharmacists who are trained to staff central pharmacy in some capacity. Collectively, as a health system, our pharmacists verify over 2,000 medication orders each day for these three hospitals, the majority of which is done by central pharmacists, as order verification is not a primary responsibility for decentralized pharmacists at our institution. Additionally, there are 76 technicians and 46 interns who help support our central operations in vital ways. Telecommuting or remote work has been shown in the literature to positively contribute to quality of life on all four levels. The implementation of a remote work model at a large academic medical center is unique because up until the declaration of the COVID-19 pandemic, remote work was utilized very rarely and in most cases were small non-direct patient care businesses. This is despite many studies showing that telecommuting can contribute to significant gains in both productivity and employee satisfaction. Due to the pandemic declaration on March 11th of 2020, University of Utah Health transitioned to a hybrid remote work model less than one week later. Approximately one year later, the staffing model was revised based on feedback and one pharmacist position was brought back on site, which I will discuss in detail later. A thorough assessment was made by pharmacy leadership when considering the best approach for the department in response to the worldwide pandemic. Considerations included, first and foremost, ensure we are able to continue to maintain our standard of high quality patient care. The second concern was the need to conserve personal protective equipment for necessary frontline employees, such as emergency and critical care providers, nurses, respiratory therapists, and of course, pharmacists, just to name a few. Next, our obligation to protect employees. And lastly, our responsibility to the community to reduce the overall spread of disease. 
University of Utah Health actually began remote work discussions in January 2020 in response to upcoming construction that would impact traffic and parking availability for employees. Pharmacy leaders began conducting assessments of opportunities for remote work within our department at this time. In March of 2020, remote work became a reality several months ahead of schedule in response to the pandemic. At this time, institutional and department leadership began developing resources to support remote employees, and communication was the biggest factor in the success of transitioning to remote work. In August of 2020, we pulled data from pre and post implementation of remote work to analyze the impact on our workflows. Also at this time, we worked on developing meaningful surveys, which were vetted by multiple pharmacists not involved in the project, to ensure questions were interpreted as intended, prior to distributing them to staff to determine the impact of remote work on their job satisfaction. Today, and looking forward to the future, our institution is continuously looking for opportunities to improve our central operations staffing model and workflows. This picture demonstrates the transition through our various staffing model adjustments. At baseline, all positions were on site. Pharmacist operational shifts are divided into three main categories, which are depicted by the columns. The IV center pharmacists, which are responsible for sterile product verification and the compounding of TPNs, Central pharmacists, who are responsible for order and physical non-sterile product verification, and dual row pharmacists, which support both IV center and central pharmacists in their jobs. Additionally, there are three broad shift times that include some overlaps, which are illustrated by the rows in the chart. Day shift runs from approximately 6.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m., Swing shift runs from 2 p.m. to 11 p.m., and our midnight staff cover the gaps with a 12-hour shift. As you can see, there's various colors that depict the different positions. The black represents pharmacist positions who started off on-site at baseline and remained on-site throughout our various staffing model transitions. Our initial staffing model sent three pharmacist positions home for remote work, the central day shift pharmacist, a central swing shift pharmacist, and the IVC central pharmacist. However, once employee feedback was solicited, it was decided to bring the IVC central pharmacist back on site in the revised model. Logistical considerations when transitioning to remote work included communication on the transition itself, expectations, and when it is okay to report to work on site and when they are expected to stay home. Ensure your team has access to communication channels to meet all of their needs. Redundancy is key. Multimodal communication may be necessary to ensure important information reaches employees. While instant messaging is great for just that, instantaneous communication, email may be better for information that employees may want to refer back to at a later date. 
An intranet is a centralized location that can be accessed remotely containing all policies and procedures for an institution. We personally also utilize our intranet, which is known as Pulse, for drug information resources that pharmacists could access for at home to ensure they could make informed clinical decisions comfort comfortably. We utilized off-campus equipment forms so that pharmacists could check out equipment such as computer monitors and webcams for home use. And lastly, we utilized workflow-specific technologies such as image capture software, which allowed for remote verification of non-sterile products. Additionally, during this period, we were also in the process of implementing remote verification software for sterile products as well. Metrics that were analyzed to determine the impact of remote work on central operations and job satisfaction included order verification efficiency, physical product verification efficiency, pharmacist interventions, and pharmacist, technician, and intern job satisfaction surveys. All objective metrics, including order verification, product verification, and pharmacist interventions, were adjusted for order volume and patient census. Order verification efficiency was important to us because as I mentioned earlier, our central pharmacists verify around 2,000 medication orders daily, making order verification the primary responsibility of most central pharmacist positions. Initially, when investigating the hybrid remote staffing model, we used a non-inferiority analysis because we didn't need remote work to be better, we just needed it to make sure it was not un unacceptably worse for our patients. After non-inferiority was met, superiority of the hybrid remote staffing model was investigated. We found that the initial hybrid remote staffing model, shown with the pink clock, had a statistically significant improvement in our order verification efficiency compared to our baseline on-site model depicted in black. However, our revised remote model, shown in blue, had no change on order verification efficiency. The next objective was an assessment of pharmacist efficiency for physically checking non-sterile products, such as oral liquids. Of note, it is expected in the central pharmacist workflow that they check what we endearingly call the pre-pack area for products that are ready for verification at least once per hour. The same timeline expectation was upheld for checking products remotely as well. Therefore, prior to data analysis, we expected the verification times all to fall under an hour, but we weren't exactly sure what the difference would be. Similarly to order verification efficiency, we found that the initial hybrid remote staffing model had a statistically significant improvement in our product verification efficiency. Additionally, while we found our current model, which is the revised staffing model, was slightly even more efficient than the initial model, it was not a statistically significant improvement. Pharmacist interventions are documented when a pharmacist reviewing the orders requires clarification prior to verifying an order. 
This can be confirmation of a home medication via a medication history, confirmation of a last dose of a critical medication, such as an antibiotic or an anticoagulant, the need for an allergy assessment, or any other concern that needs to be addressed for the pharmacist to feel comfortable verifying the medication for inpatient administration. In our electronic health records, these interventions are documented using a tool called IBEDS. For this study, pharmacist interventions were assessed by looking at the number of IBEDS per 100 orders verified in order to normalize the data for fluctuations in volume. We found that both staffing models resulted in a statistically significant increase in the number of orders pharmacists were intervening on. Lastly, I thought it would be valuable to include some notable results from our staff satisfaction surveys as this data was used to drive adjustments in our staffing model. We found that remote work did not negatively impact the workflow or satisfaction of technicians or interns. This is important because while pharmacists were the ones that transitioned to remote work, they weren't the only ones who experienced a change in their work environment. We highly value the input of all of our operational staff and wanted to ensure that this staffing model change did not have a significant negative impact on technicians and interns who vastly outnumber the number of pharmacists in our central pharmacy at any given time. The survey results also demonstrated that nearly all pharmacists prefer to work remotely. However, this was offset by reports of pharmacists feeling more stress during times where they were the only central pharmacist on site who was primarily responsible for order verification and non-sterile product checking. The return of the IVC central position based on this feedback helped alleviate a lot of stress. Therefore, after the staffing adjustment, we wanted to resurvey our pharmacists, technicians, and interns. When resurveyed, 100% of pharmacists respondees reported that they wanted that position to remain on site. However, only 25% of pharmacists stated they wanted all positions to come back on site. And lastly, the majority of pharmacists reported that remote work positively impacted their life during the pandemic. Here are some challenges we personally encountered with the transition to remote work. Some of these were anticipated while others were not. Remote work being classified as optional or mandatory for employees was a topic of discussion that came up a lot. And we discovered that it's vital to clarify expectations when any staffing model change occurs. Therefore, we ended up sending out a document explicitly stating the job roles of each position in early 2021 to make sure that there was no confusion between those positions who were working on site and those working remotely. Implementation of new technologies can help support remote work, but they also can be challenging to implement. They require leadership and staff buy-in, funding, and training, and it is important to have all those components in place prior to implementing new technologies in order to make sure they are successful. 
Next, communication. It was a challenge to figure out how to effectively communicate between on-site and remote colleagues. Initially, the on-site pharmacist was getting bombarded with calls all day long, despite the best efforts of our phone triage technician, because we didn't have a good system for triaging issues to pharmacists at home. Thankfully, this was largely alleviated once we returned that IBC central position back on site to help triage phone calls. And then lastly, employee engagement was a concern. Many employees cited missing social and professional interactions as a result of remote work and social distancing. It was also difficult to implement employee recognition initiatives that honored both on-site and employees and also did not include community food for safety. However, over time we did get better at virtual communication and recently implemented daily operation huddles for frontline staff. When thinking about the future of a remote work model, there are several considerations. Sustainability. Is the impact on operations positive or negative? Are employees even happy with the model? Opportunities for technician and intern role advancement can help support remote work for pharmacists. At University of Utah Health, we utilize technicians trained to perform Tech Check Tech or TCT and interns trained to perform first dose checking to take pressure off the on-site pharmacist and it was key to making our remote work models successful. Lastly, implement and evaluate opportunities for new technologies to help facilitate both communication and support workflows. The three key takeaways when implementing a remote work model include, one, over-communicate, two, ensure staff have support and adequate resources to perform their jobs, and three, be adaptable. Over-communicate. Make sure to always communicate the why when going through change management in order to make sure that you have the buy-in of those that are in leadership positions, as well as those who will be undergoing the change as frontline employees. Clearly state expectations for both on-site and remote employees to avoid any confusion, and be as transparent as possible in your decision-making. Schedule frequent check-ins with staff and consider daily or weekly team huddles for transparent communication. I mentioned we only recently implemented daily huddles for frontline staff. However, through the entirety of the pandemic, including to this day, we used huddles with leadership for the department across the organization to communicate needs in order to help support everyone regardless of their location and it was vital to the success of our department during these challenging times. And lastly, utilize multiple communication channels when necessary to make sure important information is communicated effectively and not missed by employees regardless of where they're working. Ensure staff have support and adequate resources to perform their jobs. Explicitly support your employees during tough times 
And one way to do this is by making yourself more visible and accessible, whether that be walking around through your work areas that are located on site or having virtual office hours for your employees working remotely to drop in and talk to you when needed. Make sure employees have the tools they need to be successful in their jobs, provide training on communication software and new technologies to ensure they are supporting your workflows and not hindering them. Make sure they have adequate resources to do their job, such as equipment, technology, and access to policies and procedures. And then lastly, communication. Remote work employees may not have numbers of people they need to contact memorize, so having employee directories located on your intranet can be helpful, as well as software for instant messaging and video conferencing to keep everyone connected. Lastly, be adaptable. Include key stakeholders in decision making to make sure everyone is on the same page and try to be comfortable with the uncomfortable. It's okay to not know what the next step is. The important thing is that employees know you're there to support them through whatever changes may come their way. And strive for continuous improvement, whether that be making workflow adjustments, such as using support staff to offset pharmacist responsibilities so they can focus on clinical work, making staffing model changes, such as changing shift times to provide for more overlap during busy volumes, or bringing back positions on site like we did with our IVC Central positions. And lastly, don't be afraid to make advancements in technologies, software that's used to support communication and workflows like cameras can really help your employees be successful in their positions. Thank you so much for joining us for this special edition podcast on COVID-19. Be sure to follow us at ASHP Official or wherever you listen to your podcast and check out our COVID-19 Resource Center at ashp.org backslash COVID-19 for the most update developments on COVID-19. Take care and thank you for all that you do. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.